Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where two lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, basking in the apricity, Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? Basking in the what? In the apricity? Apricity? Apricity. 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 I I think you're just making that word up. I have no idea what that means. I am not making that word up. I learned it today on Instagram from a lady who has a channel all about new and fancy words. So you can rest assured I will be getting a lot of words from her going forward. <laughs> but uh, do you know you want I'm supposing you I guess you're asking me what does app? Well, I just looked it mean? up. Uh, the warmth of the sun in winter. That's right. That's right. So here I was thinking you were going to like, you were creating some word that was like negative, but nope. uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 overlooking the small detail that there has been no sun recently. Well, there's that. There's that. I was more figurative. Okay. I was thinking more figurative. Yeah. And this is definitely a reference to your football team <laughs> and not to your baseball team. Because like, we haven't team. seen the sun as, as, as it relates to the San Francisco Giants. We haven't seen the sun what in two years and three months at least yeah, yeah ever I've since lost track. ever I've since lost track. they ever since they won the national league west in 2021 i do i do want to i do want to interject here uh a funny anecdote about the uh the giant uh, the 49ers game uh this weekend because uh, the it. Giants, or I, the Giants, I wish. The 49ers were driving down the field with, you know, mm-hmm. two minutes plus left in the game. Yes. And I get this text from you that said, hey, can we talk right now about the Giants uh, offseason? And, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> do you have time to talk right now about the Giants offseason? Yeah, I wanted, and I wanted to I'll just to jump on a quick call. I mean, just jump the on show a quick was going to be the next yeah. day. If you knew that I wasn't like, busy or anything. Yeah, I just was like, you know, there, there clearly can't be anything on your mind right now. Like, this is an important thing. We have this podcast about the San Francisco Giants. What could be more important about the San Francisco Giants offseason on January 20th? Nothing. Then, Nothing more than, you know, Brock Purdy driving down for his first uh come from behind win in the fourth quarter. So, uh, yeah. You say but that it, name a lot, and I don't even think that's a real person. Like his name <laughs> is Brock Pert, 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 Pretty. Purdy. Yeah, yeah, just... Purdy? Like, Purdy Good? Yeah, or he's what? got a brother named Bubba, so... <laughs> and those are both their given names? I have no <laughs> Brock idea. Brock and Bubba? I think Brock might be the given number. I'm hoping that Bubba is not, but you never know, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Buster's name was not, so I'm going to assume no, but... Uh... <laughs> look folks for those of you who don't know what driving down the field means it doesn't involve a car like over in that other sport uh they have this oblong shaped object that they call a ball even though it's 
not a ball. I don't know. It's like a pill. And uh, they try to move that ball down the field and then get that ball across a line. And I think when they get it across the line, it's called a try. <laughs> no, that's a different sport. Is that sport. what it's called? That's a different sport. A different sport. <laughs> oh, right. They call it a touchdown. And, uh, and, and anyway, I guess, I guess the, 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 the dirty miners, sorry, the 49ers, they, they, were, they, were, they were about to take the lead in, in the very important football game. You're Did you know in the playoffs in football they play one game? They play they, one game. Don't, don't pretend like you're just the stupid like football like. <laughs> ah, you know, listen, you have no, idea. no you, I no. Did, you know, I, but, uh, I, I just thought know. it was it was funny as heck that you were texting me right in the middle of that because I was like, what the what the hell, you know? And so it was uh, it was pretty funny. Um, yes, I I knew what was happening. I was on the edge of my seat as well. Um, <laughs> they are my separate, the second favorite sports team, but by a long, long way, long way long way but uh but yeah so you were basking in the warmth of that victory and i i gotta tell you for for the 49er fans who are sorry for the giants fans who are also 49er fans yesterday was really important because we don't have much going on in our lives right now on the giant side right and the 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 longer that the 49ers stay alive in the postseason the more we can just sort of try to not think about it but listen, like if we're making you and I have to think about it and people who listen to this show voluntarily, they're obviously thinking about it, but it's still nice to have this distraction. So so thank you to, to Brock Pretty and the rest of the Dirty Miners for 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 pulling through and keeping us all slightly distracted. Thank you for letting us bask in the warmth of your apricity. Yeah, well, apricity. you know, you know who else is appreciating the 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 warmth of the apricity of the Niners is Farhan Zaidi, because uh, <laughs> the more that the, that that the Bay Area can be distracted by the 49ers, uh, the better. Uh, Indeed, less, less attention to the fact that he hasn't done anything in the last like few weeks. Last few weeks. Uh, I'm being Same. kind. Uh, last you know, couple months. I don't know at this point. <laughs> a I'm, couple I'm years. Lost track. <laughs> Okay, they did well, sign a couple people early. They signed, they signed a couple people, but uh, you yes, know, it's, it's yes. been a, and it's they been did, a slow they period. Did, we got, we got, we got Jung Hoo. So I'm not, that that is that is the most important signing in Farhan Zaidi's uh, reign. They got Jung Hoo. So, so and, and, yes, and he's hey, done a few things. Hey, we got Jordan Hicks. So <laughs> that's right. We got our eighth starter, Jordan yeah. Hicks, or our third bullpen guy. Who who knows? Well, he's going to be the featured guy every fifth day, Matthew. <laughs> is what he's going to be <laughs> until he's not <laughs> until he's not yeah yeah until he's not and then they're going to move him to the bullpen and then and then when he's actually good enough to be a starter they're going to wait six weeks <laughs> well no we made i don't know that, that might have all been gabe's that might have been all gabe's doing so so maybe that's not happening maybe that's not happening well anyway matthew i i have a question for you okay since uh it just we, yeah i i and, and it is related to to the 49ers mm-hmm. and yes i know that they're called the 49ers but the dirty miners is a pretty good alternate <laughs> name right like that's what their name would be if you were trying to make a football game and you didn't have the nfl rights you would call them the dirty miners <laughs> m-i-o-n-o-r-s anyway here's my question matthew what off-season giants move would it take for you to let the 49ers lose in the NFC championship game. For example, 
here's the scenario. Like, I come down. I am the sports god. Like, I'm the god that actually cares about who wins and who doesn't win in a sport. I'm the god that allows this player to be good and that player to not be good. Because that's all I care about. That's my domain. I come down and I tell you, Matthew, I have a deal for you. You get this for the San Francisco Giants. But the price is the 49ers will definitely lose in the NFC Championship game. Hmm. Maybe that's a thing that's impossible to get, like sign Shohei Otani. Or maybe it's something like you get Jap- Chapman and Snell for an over and, and the Giants overpay for them. So like I, I do something weird to Farhan's brain and I make that happen. <laughs> okay. What would it take? What would you allow to happen to let the 40 to make the 49ers lose in the NFC championship game? And remember, this is a San Francisco Giants podcast. Not a 49ers podcast. Go. Huh. Um, hmm. That is a good question. Because I'm... Hmm. I'm not sure. I, I don't know if there is a move out there at this juncture. It's too late, you're saying? There's too late. There's no move. There's no I, move yeah, that could yeah, be made I mean, today. Obviously, like, if you were like, hey, Otani is coming to the Giants, then that would be... That would that would be like I'm interested. You know, I, I, <laughs> I'm I listening. I'm listening, right? And and but right now there's no one out there that's like like yeah the Giants could get them to what would excite me enough to where it would guarantee the Niners lose in the NFC Championship game. I I can't think of anything. I mean, it would have to mm-hmm. be something that was crazy like Corbin Burns. And, you know, Corbin Carroll, let's just say we corner the market on the Corbins and, 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 you know, I don't, I don't, and Otani, I don't know. It would have to be a hefty haul. Like it would have to be like, okay, now the Dodgers are in second place for the best off season. You know, that's, that's how big it would have to be for me because really any move they make now with any player they make now doesn't guarantee anything. It doesn't Mm -hmm. even guarantee really a winning season in my mind. Mm -hmm. So so I don't think I would do that to the 49ers. I'm not that kind of guy. Like I just, I'm, okay. I, okay. I can't, I can't I think of anyone. So that's, that's, I'm, I'm definitely at. that kind of guy. I am definitely that kind of guy. <laughs> I would absolutely send the 49ers down the river for just a, just a sniff of sunshine. Absolutely. So what, what would that sniff of sunshine look like to you? Uh, Snell or Chapman. Cause I don't believe the giants are going to get anything. I don't believe the giants are going to get anything. Like, like, just give me one guy. Just give me one guy that makes us semi-competitive. You would sell the Niners out for one for Blake Snell. Yes, yeah, yes. At this point, I mean, like, look, if the deal was like, if the deal was like, hey Ben, I'm going to make the 49ers lose. What do I need to give you? I'd be like, fire Farhan. <laughs> oh, you know, that, that's what I would do. Like, if that's what the deal was. But the other way around, like, I like, I have to keep Farhan and, like, I have to, like, deal with this, like, misery that they're putting us through. I would take a little bit. I would take a little bit and I would spend a lot of other people's love for it because I'm a horrible person. But, uh, no, in reality, no, I think, honestly, Otani signing <laughs> is probably what it would have taken for me to make a deal like that. You know, just, like, to knock the 49ers out of the playoffs, I would take Otani. At this point, I think, yeah, but you know, I, I, I mean, Corbin Burns, oh my, I mean, Corbin Carroll, oh my God, that's not a realistic thing. Corbin Burns is realistic. So I would say Snell and Burns and Chapman, 
I would definitely have lunch with this God to discuss. You know, I would definitely have that conversation. <laughs> I would definitely. But that's not the way it works. Gods don't care about sports. No, that's not the way Ooh, it but, works. But maybe we should have that discussion next week. Ice Bracer for next week. Do gods care about sports? Uh, anyway, today is not Sunday the 28th when we will be having that discussion. It is Sunday, January 21st. The San Francisco Giants are still in the middle of the hot stove season, and it is still Scott Boris's universe. So nobody in baseball has done much of anything. Still. But there are a few things that did happen. We have heard word that the Giants are not interested in the services of Snell and Chapman and et al. at the current prices that they're asking for. So they have removed themselves from discussions until those players reduce their asking prices. That's a rumor, but we're going to talk about it. The second thing that happened this week is the Giants signed some international players. And uh, I think it, we, we, should, uh, we should talk about that. But one international player that Matthew and I do want to talk about later today because it's something that we really kind of, a lot of people have brought up, but we've kind of beat around the bush on this on this show, is our future starting shortstop. I mean, Farhan has declared he's the starting shortstop for 2024. Marco Luciano. And we're going to talk about Marco and whether or not we have faith in his ability to be the guy in 2024. But, and then if we have time, well, we're definitely going to have time. We're definitely going to talk about these guys. We're going to talk about the guys in Matthew's trivia question. So, Matthew, maybe you should just go ahead and ask us your trivia question now. All right. So, so as you mentioned, the Giants signed some international hitting prospects this week. Uh, Johnny Level, uh, who is a 16-year-old infielder from Venezuela. Yes. And Yoendri Sanchez, who is a seventeen-year-old mm-hmm. catching prospect, also from Venezuela. Yes. So uh, we will talk about them and how exciting it is to be, you know, to sign guys that are sixteen and seventeen years old and hope that they make a difference in six or seven years. Uh, but my question—that's not the question. The question is: Who are the top two international players? in Giants franchise history when it comes to career war. And I will say for the Giants, because the Giants have signed some players and then traded them and they've done things elsewhere. Uh, As far as players who have played for the Giants, who are the top two international players in Giants franchise history in career war? That the Giants signed and then played and earned that war earn that war for the Giants. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do agree also that it is a little bit weird that two two men sitting in their closets, well, okay, I guess you're not sitting in your closet, but figuratively, two grown men sitting in their closets with a combined age of 99 are going to be talking about a 16-year-old and a 17-year-old because they're good at baseball. But we're not talking about them. We're talking about... What two top international players 
in Giants history career war? Hmm. Are there rules around here? What are, what are the rules? You can't be talking They had about. to have been signed as international prospects by the Giants and then played mm. for the Giants and achieved some more. <laughs> right. But this, this can't include, this can't include, uh, this can't include Juan, can it? No. This can't, the Dominican dandy is not part of this, I'm correct guessing. No. So this would okay. be since the international signing period mm-hmm. started. Mm-hmm. Which okay. Then, here are my help. guesses. I'm ready. Okay. You ready? You yeah. ready? Buster Posey and JT Snow. <laughs> yes, from the from 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 where? Like, what what country would they have been from? Uh, Iceland. Uh, exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a big fan of Iceland. Yeah, I'm going to say one of them. It must have been from the United Kingdom. From you know, <laughs> Roger, you know. Could have, you know oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For our for our, our good old uh, UK, our UK listener. Yes. Yeah, Listener. That's right. I think it's singular. I don't think there's that's right. Oh, I'm sorry. It was Buster Snow and JT Posey. <laughs> Those are my answers. Locking right. it in. Okay. Locking it in. I have no idea. I have no idea who this could be. I mean, I, I'm get, I'm supposed to. Everybody's like, oh, he's going to say Rickard Fanida and Suyoshi Shinjo, but that joke only goes so far, people. That probably would have been more appropriate in this question than. That's than true. Buster that's that's Posey why I didn't say it. <laughs> that's why I didn't say it. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll find out. Uh, I, who, I, actually, I might accidentally be like right. Although I know that I know that that Suyoshi started with the Mets. So yeah, yeah. And 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 we actually when I usually say at the end of the episode we'll find out. We actually might find out before the end of the episode because I think we're going to talk a little bit about international. We are Asian signings. We're, so. we're going to talk about international signings. So towards the end of the show. Towards the end of the show. That's right. Enough with the banter. Let's talk cocktails. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it, Bob. All right. Well, I, Bob, whose turn is it? What are you drinking, Matthew? Okay, that's right. That's right. It is my turn. Okay. All right. Well, Bob, I am bringing a, an original cocktail that is a spinoff of a traditional cocktail called the Rusty Nail. And instead, I am calling it the Clavo Oxidado, which means Rusty Nail in Spanish. Uh, what's in a clavo oxidado? It has one and a half ounces of reposado tequila and three quarter ounces of licor 43 or licor 43. And you're going to take both of those and put them in a mixing glass with ice. You're going to stir for 30 seconds until well chilled, strain into a rocks glass with a large ice cube. And you're going to express an orange peel oil over the cocktail and drop that peel into the glass and enjoy your... Clavo Oxidado. So that is what I'm drinking today, Bob. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. It is, Bob. Actually, I'm pretty proud of this one. I think uh, as simple as it is, it, it goes quite nicely. So I'm enjoying that. What are you drinking, Ben? Well, today, Bob, I am drinking a modern classic. It's from the Freshicano family of cocktails. I'm sure you've heard of them. I invented them on Thursday. And this one in particular is called a Mon Cherry Freshicano. And it has, well, it is a perfect cocktail. And it has one ounce of mezcal, one ounce of cognac, and one ounce of cherry liqueur. I used hearing, which is probably one of the sweeter varieties but I think this would do well with any kind of cherry liqueur. To make it, you combine all three ingredients in a mixing glass with ice, 
stir until chilled, and then strain it into a Nick and Nora glass. Garnish it with three Luxardo cherries. Decadent. I mean, you could use one brandied cherry if you're trying to conserve or whatever, but, you know, I think it deserves a decadent amount of cherries, which is at least three. Seven would be not inappropriate. <laughs> Always an odd number, though. Just Always an odd number. Preferably a prime number, actually. So, you know, at uh, minimum three. three. Seven? <laughs> yes. <laughs> minimum of three. So minimum of three, prime number, yes. And, 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 and that's the appropriate amount of cherries. Anyway, that's what I'm drinking today, Bob. The Mont Cherry Freshicano. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. It really is, Bob. It really is. Like, I'm on to something here. This is a good one. It is. Anyway. I, I don't even like mezcal, and I thought it was a good cocktail. I actually made it after our last episode, and it was quite tasty. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had a blueberry freshicano. Rumor has it pe- that you had a peach. I did have a peach freshicano. I mean, you know, you just take the mezcal and the cognac, and you combine it with another ounce of a fruit uh, liqueur, and it's golden. I'm telling you, folks, don't sleep on this one. Speaking of rumors, though. So, yeah. Rumors say. What have you heard? <laughs> that Farhan Zaidi. It's not true. I didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> not, not you. Not you. Okay. Not you. Yeah. For once. <laughs> so I just right. got really nervous for a second. <laughs> so rumors are saying that Farhan Zaidi, Zaidi has told Scott Boris that uh, they're no longer interested in Blake Snell, Matt Chapman at the prices that uh, are currently being asked. So what does that say to you about Farhan and the Giants offseason? I mean, is it is it fiscally responsible to say that you're not going to spend two hundred and forty million on a pitcher in their early 30s? Or are we beyond fiscal responsibility at this point? You know, Matthew, I I think. I think I'm I'm a little bit torn on this one. I'm a little bit torn. And, and and for those of you who who are you know on my side of things of the line. Don't worry. I'm going to get around to it. But I do want to like at least play devil's advocate against myself for a moment. Okay. In case in case you Matthew go off the hook like you did last week. <laughs> And just do. Just, you want to make sure do, I, I say the right. The, the, yeah, you well, have the, at least the, like somebody's got to say the positive side. Cause, okay. Because like you know sometimes you just you just like go off on a Ben rant. I, I know I've been a little unpredictable lately. I get you it. have been. You have been, and that's fine. That's fine. I I don't hold it against you. But so so here here is my take on this. My take on this is like y- you absolutely should not be treated like you're a uh, you're a sure thing and i i don't think that you know we don't want blake snell we don't want jordan montgomery we don't want matt chapman for nine or ten years like we don't want any of those guys for that length of time so so if that is the length of the contract that we're talking about i absolutely 100 percent agree that this is a non-starter 
And if the numbers that they're throwing around 240, like almost a quarter of a billion dollars for Blake Snell for any length of time is too much. I agree. But let's say they're asking for that for nine years or seven years or whatever it is. If you could cut a percentage off of that, like if you could definitely cut 20% off of that and then shorten it, then to me, that's a sure thing. That's a slam dunk. So the real number is probably somewhere in between those two. Okay? But I absolutely agree. You should not be taken to the cleaners. Like, don't let Scott Boris make you leverage the entire future of the organization because you didn't get Otani and you didn't get Yamamoto and you didn't get Aaron Judge and you threw back Carlos Correa and you didn't get Bryce and you threw back Bryce Harper. Well, didn't throw him back, but you didn't 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 budge above your budget. Like, don't let him take advantage of you because of all your previous mistakes. <laughs> but so so i totally agree with that on the other hand this really feels like farhan like proving me right like he cannot bring himself to overspend like i cannot imagine what it must be like to go grocery shopping with his man like he cannot pay for a single piece of fruit for the marked price right like everything's got to be bargained it must be miserable He's definitely not doing the brand name stuff. He's going for the generic. <laughs> he says everything in his cart is generic, and he says, and he says everything's negotiable. And he's one of those guys. And like, I, I just, I, I feel like, like, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm really torn between these two things because I, I, I do believe the players are asking for too much. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm sort of like, like, who cares? Like, as a fan, like, why do I care? Right. It's not like that money's going to Otani. That money's not going to Aaron Judge. That money's not going to Yamamoto. So where is it going to go then? Well, I I have to say that I agree with the first part of what you were saying as far as there there is a line that you you can't you can't just spend money to spend money. And I feel like, you know, obviously Scott Boris, his job is to get his clients the most money. And when he senses a desperate organization like the Giants, of course, you know, he's going to ask for a lot more than maybe what he thinks that they're worth. And so I'm okay with Farhan saying we're not interested at this price. But what I don't want, what I'm what I don't want to hear is that we're not interested at any price, you know, and and so I think that's just part of the negotiation. It's part of the, you know, the, and we're just, you know, these are rumors. We don't know if this was really what, what went down, but I feel like Farhan saying, Hey, we're interested, but we're not interested at these prices and come back to me when you're, when you've been turned down by every other team, I think is legit because right now, 240 million for a pitcher who's in his early thirties is a bit steep. And particularly when, you know, he walks as many as he does and doesn't pitch as many innings as the, the, you know, most pitchers. And so I think there are some legitimate reasons not to break the bank for Blake Snell. I don't know what that number is at some point, but I feel like, you know, 220 million, 200, 200 plus million, but 240, maybe not. So I, 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 I understand where he's coming from and I'm okay with that. But I don't want that to be the reason why we're just not going to do anything this let more this offseason. Right. Uh, 
so you know if this is part of the negotiations and then and then the the price comes down then kudos to farhan but if it's if 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 boras just you know pivots to the yankees well we know it's not the yankees but the dodgers or whatever then you know then then we have to question you know what the giants are doing but i'm not quite ready yet to say that this is the a bad a bad thing if if Snell and Chapman, so first of all, if Snell and Chapman or Bellinger or any of these guys go to the Dodgers, then then absolutely Farhan screwed it up. Like like you have to stop the bleeding there. If they go anywhere in the National League, you screwed it up. For any price that's anywhere near reasonable, you screwed it up. I I mean the the, the point is as as a number like fans we don't know what that number is like we don't know what the right number is but I. I know what it, that number means. The number that they shouldn't overspend is the number that prevents them from getting better in the future, right? You don't want contracts that pull you down. And I worry that Farhan looks at these contracts and assumes the worst and then says, then I'll have to like spend more just to replace these bad guys. And yes, that's a concern. But in that case, you shouldn't be signing the players at all. Right. Because if you don't believe that they're going to pay off then you shouldn't be signing the middle. The number that you should be worried about is if Snell is good or Chapman is good or whoever it is, is good enough. But I can't go add more next year. Because of that contract, then, yeah, then you overspent. But any number other than that, as fans, we shouldn't care about. Like, I don't care. Right. Like. I don't care as long as my team continues to, is as, is as effective and as good as they can possibly be. Like I don't care like how much money Farhan saves the San Francisco Giants ownership group. I don't give a rat's ass about that. Now, I don't want the Giants to become insolvent and have to do a fire sale and and not be able to sign anybody. So yeah, they should definitely be worried about that. And sometimes I think that Farhan overthinks these things because just recently he was like, well, I have to worry about people's uh, health care plans and how much they spend on that. We don't want to lay anybody off in accounting because we gave Blake Snell too much money. And I'm like, what the F? John in accounting's a salary is a pittance. The only people in your organization that make anywhere close to anything that you need to worry about is you and those quants. I know how much those guys are getting paid, (laughs) but they're getting paid less than I would pay them because they're working in baseball. Just like the people who work in video games get less than I would pay them because they're working in video games. They can pay them less. But like, like, and, and to hear Farhan talk about that stuff is just absurd to me. Like, how much you spend on Blake Snell is like an order of magnitude or two orders of magnitude more than you pay anybody else in your organization that isn't on the baseball side. So, and yet here he is talking about it and thinking about it, which makes me think, A, somebody told him to worry about that and think about it, which means he's operating on a budget, but they say he's not. So, like, you know, I don't know. Like, I just, my gut tells me he's just overthinking about it. He just doesn't want to get swindled because it's just not the right value. And, and like, 
you're in the entertainment business, dude. Like, and you are not the CEO of like, you know, some Fortune 500 company that's got to go like, you know, cut expenses by 7% to make your shareholders happy. That's not how this operates. Unless that is how it's operating and everybody's lying to us. So, yeah. like, I don't know. I, I, I just I just can't believe we're having this discussion. Like, just stop telling me that you're a, you're going to spend on these guys and then not. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, don't tell us you're going to get Bush's baked beans and then go for the Rayleigh's generic. Right. I mean, it's. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's the it, analogy I was looking for. <laughs> so that's, I think that's the crux of it is that <laughs> the Giants have been very open with the fan base and the media about their desires and what they want to do and what their plans are. And then they're surprised when those plans don't come through that there's this negative backlash by the fans. Well, maybe you should stop promising these things. Maybe you should stop telling us, you know, what your plans are, because, you know, now we've been we've been told that you're going to spend big, that there won't be any free agent that you won't be in on all this sort of things. And yet, you know, all we've come across is all we've gotten this offseason is an international player that we don't really know is going to perform to the level that we hope he does. And so I just I think that's the biggest thing right now is that Farhan just needs to shut up. The Giants front office just needs to shut up and 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 produce. But I think it makes it worse when you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to sign Otani or we're going to be all in. There's you know rumors are flying about the Giants are going to be all in on everybody and they're going to spend, spend, spend. And then they don't. Well, of course, that's going to piss off the fan base. Of course, that's going to be frustrating because we've been told one thing and then the exact opposite happens. And it's not just one offseason. It's been several. And so how often do we, ha how many more off seasons do we have to buy this stuff before it keeps coming out? So that's my frustration. I fully acknowledge that the off season isn't over. And like I said before, the, if this is a negotiation tool to bring down the costs and they still get one of these guys, then fine. But the history doesn't necessarily paint that picture. And it uh, is cause for concern. Yeah. Well, well, here's how I think this is going to, play out like i think this is going to play out in that i think it's clear that these guys are going to sign late and I, I think i said that last week but like it's clear that these guys are going to sign late and i mean really late yeah like spring training late like deep into spring training late a month four weeks out late or possibly later for some of them i think some of them might even flirt with the season and that's i mean that sucks for the giants and, and, and whoever ends up getting them. But I really feel like that's what we can expect as fans. So I think we should really just take a deep breath and sit back and be like, this is how this is going to play out. And that is not just on the Giants, right? That is on Boris and the players as well. So I think that that is looking like how this is going to play out. But what is really interesting is, is that when these guys do sign, and I really feel like the Giants should get two of them, but let's say they only get one. Maybe that's okay. But when they all start to sign, and if the Giants get none of them, what's going to be really telling is where they go and what they get. Because that's when we're going to be able to say, okay, that's what the Giants weren't willing to do. Or the Giants burned their bridges so badly that even if they were willing to do better than that, 
they pissed off the players so much that they couldn't or it wasn't enough. And and if we end up in a scenario where any of these guys sign for anything that seems anywhere reasonable to us as fans, then this is an absolute failure for the Giants. So, you know, I, yeah, I think I, I think the Giants are at the point, and we've talked about this in the past, that they can't they they can't be they can't be buying these free agents at a reasonable cost. I think the reasonable cost has has come and gone, right? So there is a sense of an overpay. How much that is, I don't know. But you know, if they sign for a reasonable number with somebody else, it means that the Giants didn't even want to offer or or be in at a at a, at a slight overpay, and I think that's ridiculous. Uh, so well, yeah. the giant and the, and the giants have dug that hole, right? They've they've created this this environment now where they're desperate, but also have kind of maybe treated some of the free agents in a way that that sends a reputation among the league. So I, you know, I don't, I just they've they they've gotten to the point where they have to overpay, and that's just where they are. So so Farhan, you're gonna have to buy the bushes baked beans, man. You're just gonna have yeah. to. Yeah, don't come with us with this Rayleigh's crap. Exactly. I, I mean, I didn't even know we were getting baked beans, so I'm kind of excited, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it is interesting. Like if, if one of these guys gets a guy like, let's say all three of all four of them, how many, there's four in my mind that stick out. It's, it's, it's Chapman, it's, uh, Bellinger, Bellinger, Snell, Snell and and Montgomery, Montgomery. Those are the four that stick out. I mean, there's, I, I see there's a theoretical way that all four of those guys could end up at four. Like, you know, they could each get a huge contract from like a low level, like a quote unquote small market team, you know, like Pittsburgh could throw one of these guys a bone because they're throwing a bone to their fan base. And in that case, even if they overspend, you know, that's the point. That's the position that the Giants have put themselves in where even that can happen to them. Right. Um, and, and and the thing is, like, when you say we're going to be in on every free agent and we're going to be like money's no object, you know who hears that, too, is the players. Right. Right. So they expect that from you. And then you're going to come in and you're going to negotiate and you're going to get all nickel and dimey. You're right, Matthew. They do need to just keep their mouths shut. They need to stop talking. That way, they keep our expectations low. They need to underpromise and overdeliver. And right now, they're totally. they're doing the opposite. They're doing they're the totally, opposite, which is totally pissing people off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, all around, right? You know, and 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 the players are like, okay, well, if you're going to overpromise, then then where's that money? And then you're like, well, not for you. That was for Shohei. Right. It erodes that trust <sighs> yeah. that. Uh, that that I think is important for for players to have with with ownership and with with front offices. So, uh, agree. Speaking of trust, though, Ben, mm. do you trust that Marco Luciano will be the regular shortstop in twenty twenty four? No, <laughs> no. A few weeks ago, I had some te- technical difficulties, where my mic blew out or something, and. I went on a rant while that was happening, and it was hard to listen to. But if you all remember, the question I asked is, where is Marco Luciano? Where is he? Because he was supposed to play winter ball in in the Dominican Republic, and he was going to play for the, the Leonas del Escogido. And he did. Escogido. Oh, sorry. Escogido. They don't say Guido in Spanish. I should know that. You should. 
you know what? I learned the language when I was seven years old under under conditions that, that I don't want to discuss. And once I no longer had to live in those conditions, I refused to speak the language again for a very long time. So I have my reasons. Okay, folks? You don't care. You don't care about that. But anyway, my point is, Leones and Marcos Luciano, you know what? He did play for them. And then he disappeared. But Matthew... One of the reasons that I don't believe he is going to be the guy, that he is our current, he might be our current starting shortstop, like for all the games that the Giants play in the next week, Marco Luciano is going to be the starting second, starting shortstop. I definitely believe that, and I'm okay with that. But I do not believe that is going to be true in February, <laughs> to say nothing of March and April, late March and April. Um... And the reason for that is, well, let's talk about what Marco did while he was with Los Leones. First of all, he only played 18 games in a 50-game season, or a 60-game season. And uh, during those 18 games, he hit 170 for a total of eight hits, with an on-base percentage of 339, which is actually pretty good considering his batting average was 170, but his slugging percentage was 255 for an OPS of 594. And this was in the winter leagues in the in the Dominican Republic, right? Lots of good players there, but this is not major league level. He hit one home run and one double and had six singles. Now he did walk. 12 times. 12 times, yeah. Which is good. So let's get excited about that, Ben. You walked 12 times. <laughs> you got, oh yeah. Well, that's your job. You're the positive guy. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he hit 179, Matthew. <laughs> 339 he, on base, though. His, his OPS was less than 600. All right, well. Okay, so, so not great at the plate. Not great at the plate, but you know he only played eighteen games. You know I don't know. Maybe 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 he 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 had an eye infection that's cleared up since then or something. You know, what about his defense though? Can we talk about his defense? Yes, let's talk about his defense because he's going to be a. Uh, the, the Giants believe that he is a shortstop, and that uh... that's right. They believe he's a shortstop. He's a major league quality shortstop. He's good enough to play the position, right? And he's at least better than Tyro Estrada. Right. Right. And Tyro is a good second baseman. He's an okay shortstop. And okay might be a little over over an overstatement. He is a bottom third major league starting shortstop, Tyro Estrada is. Right? Now, you know, nothing to celebrate, but it he he can he can pass muster. So Marco Luciano is supposed to be better than that. He played ten games at shortstop for Los Leones. That was eighty one and a third innings. Now, there were, uh, uh, there were 333 innings were played by Eric Gonzalez. So like four times as many innings. And then a couple other guys played a few innings. Marco led the team in errors with four. His fielding percentage was .909 to Eric's 9.984. Maybe we should sign Eric. Yeah, who is this Eric Gonzalez guy? I don't know, Eric. Uh, he is with the White Sox, apparently. 
Uh, he's also he's, 32 years old. He's old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But let me put it this way. Los Leones were playing a 32-year-old, has-been major league uh, baseball player at shortstop because he was better than Marco Luciano. Marco led the team in errors in 10 games where he had four errors. Um, I ask you, San Francisco Giants fans, once again, where is Marco Luciano? Where is he right now? Because it better be in a batting cage or on the field fielding grounders. And yes, I know as I record this, it's 10 o'clock at night on a Sunday, and I don't care because he better be doing one of those two things. Because if this is our starting shortstop in on opening day, it's going to be a long season. And that's from a guy who wants to see the young guys. Like, I want him out there because I want to see something out of this regime go well. But signs are not good right now for Marco. And that that what what he did in winter ball in these 18 games is kind of a, a continuation of what happened at the end of the major league and minor league seasons. So so no, Matthew, <laughs> I have zero confidence that Marco Luciano is going to be the opening day shortstop. And I think as Giants fans, as disappointing as that might be, I think we all actually might want that to be true. It does not look like he is ready right now. But what do I right. know? I'm a man sitting in his closet. <laughs> well, I, I think Farhan has has mentioned that in the same rumor where they said that he wasn't going to go after expensive free agents, said they were pivoting towards uh, finding shortstop depth. and Backup uh, shortstop, clearly, he said. But I think what he meant was starting shortstop. Yeah, I, I've heard, you know, previous interview, he mentioned that he would like preferably someone with major league experience that also still has options. And what he really meant by that was someone that can can uh, can come up and start, you know, if if Marco Luciano does not pan out, because I think they're seeing that they're seeing the same things you're seeing. You know, they're they're not uh, ignoring those awful, awful Dominican stats. And I, I I do wonder, though, why they pulled him. Like, was it because, look, there were no good things that were going to happen out of this if he played a full season? I mean, I have and no idea how this winter ball stuff works, Matthew. Like, like, do the, either, Giants, really. do the Giants, I mean, the Giants have to be able to allow him to play there. I, I, I know that. But do the Giants compensate uh, Los Leones in some way? Do they... Do Los Leones ask for this? And then, I mean, I can't imagine that they were happy with the results they were getting. Yeah, right? right. And so so when they pivoted away from him, they were probably happy with that from a performance on the field standpoint. So you're saying that he could have been demoted from the Dominican League? Yeah, that's the question. Did the Leones demote Marco Luciano? Because that's, is that what happened? Is that what happened? Somebody tell me, anybody tweet at us. Tell me who knows. If you know, tell us, ask somebody. Like, why is nobody talking about this? Like, the, the guy just had an abysmal winter league. Did he get hurt? Did he, like, like something? What is going on with this? Like, I, it just makes no sense to me. Like, it, it, somebody pulled him. <laughs> yeah. Right? Somebody saw yeah. enough and said no more. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, this is, I don't know enough about all these shenanigans. I don't know enough. If it's not at the major league level, I don't understand it. And this, this does not look good. 
This does not look good. No, he doesn't look like a starting major league shortstop. I mean, he struggled in the Dominican League. And, uh, you know, so I I really want him to be the guy. And I want and I know the Giants do, too. Uh, he was supposed to be the replacement to Brandon Crawford. He was supposed to be the guy. And we've been hearing his name for so long. And now we're, we're at a point now where, gosh, it just doesn't look good. Well, the couldn't the only saving grace here is he's 21 years old. But what that when I say that what I mean is he's not ready for 2024. So maybe he'll right, be ready right. for 2025, 2026. I mean, Matthew, that's starting to sound like future space, like like science fiction numbers. Like in 2027 right. we're going to have AI playing, you know, AI robots playing baseball. <laughs> I don't think quite that far, but uh, but I think you're right. I mean, he is he is only 21, so it's not like we're ready to write him off quite yet. But we are we really going to rely on this 21 year old to step in and perform uh, in a manner that's going to help the Giants make the playoffs in 2024? And it certainly does not look that way. And so, who are our backups right now? It's what Casey Schmidt. It's I don't know Tyler Fitzgerald. You know, I think those... That's, those are the guys. Yeah. Yeah. Or, so, so that's it, right? That's all we got. That's it. That Those are the guys. It's Fitzgerald. Or Tyro goes to shortstop and then you put somebody else. Like, I don't oh, and, know. And who's your backup second baseman? Uh, Wilmer Flores. Right. Right. Yeah. David VR. <laughs> is he, is he still, he, he is still on he's the, still on the he's 40 still, man. Yeah, he's, he's still, still there. The 40 he's... Man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I don't know. I've ever, have we seen David at second base? I think he did play some second base. I think. Okay. He did, but, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think that but, is. I think that is it right now. Yeah. It is Schmidt, Fitzgerald, and VR with Tyro going to shortstop. Like that is the backup right now. So yeah, if you're Farhan Zaidi, you definitely need a backup shortstop. And you know what? There is an alternate reality there, folks, where we receive an email blast that says, good news, San Francisco Giants fans returning for his final season as a San Francisco Giant (laughs) is Brandon Crawford. That is like... Right? I could see that happening. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Wow. Oh, my God. I would bang my head so hard against this table in front of me right here. Like, I love Brandon, but, like, if that's what they end up having to do, like, and I get that email blast about, like, what great news this is, I'm going to vomit. I'm going to (laughs) vomit. Like, I just... I just can't like because like, you know, hey, I like Brandon and it would be fun to have him back with the team. But like when you know what that means, it means that that the Luciano like show is not ready and and they're already throwing in the towel on 2024. And uh, and I think we're dangerously close to that already. So, you know, I, I do not want to see that. As much as I like Brandon Crawford, I do not want to see that. So I, you know, I'm not, I'm not super confident about this, and 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 I'm, I don't know, Matthew. It just feels like we keep saying the same things over and over again about this regime, right? Like all of the things that they can't do, and uh, you know, they can't get the free agents. 
And they, you know, and, and so the saving grace to all of that was supposed to be, well, you know, they gave us a couple of competitive years. They gave us three competitive years, one of which was unexpectedly competitive. Um, and now we should be in the, the point where the, the young guys start coming up, right? The guys that this regime have developed. And I understand they didn't draft all of these guys, but these guys were all, these guys have played five seasons underneath the Farhan Zaidi player development regime right like yeah. whatever yeah. that is they've been they've been playing Farhan Zaidi baseball for 5 years and and uh, and for many of them that's more than 20% of their lifetime <laughs> that they've been doing that so that should have had an impact by now and so like i get that you didn't draft them but you developed them and we should start seeing the benefits of that now and i don't know like the tip of that spear has not been great i think we saw some flashes from casey schmidt we saw a slight little glimpse from harrison bailey was the brightest star but it's starting to but by the end it started to look like he's very very good defensively and will be mediocre at best at the plate with flashes of greatness and um it's not enough it's not enough to make up for the the lack of ability to to get the free agent guys. But you know, Matthew, there is one area where I feel like well, this is a lie. I was trying to find a segue here because we just talked about Marco Luciano at length. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was about to make a thing about how like, but maybe, you know, maybe they're not good at drafting guys, but maybe they're good at international signings. I don't, I don't know. You know what? You know what, Matthew? I'm just going to throw my hands in the air and just be like, why don't we answer the trivia question now? <laughs> All right. So today's trivia question was, was, uh, who are the top two international players in Giants franchise history when it comes to career war? Mm-hmm. And the answer to that is Pablo Sandoval, who has a career war with the oh, Giants man. of 20.8, which is uh, like four times, three times, three plus times more than the next one. But the next one was Pedro Feliz. Happy Peter. With a 6.2 war. Uh, which goes to show, and this was based on an article by Grant Brisby in The Athletic who went through and basically looked at all the international signings for the yeah. Giants since uh, 1989 or, or in the mid-80s or something. That's hard work, and, Matthew. Uh, Baseball reference just doesn't just show that to you like they no, did he with had the to go through and, 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 and it was not good. It was not good. (laughs) That was the gist of the article. The Giants have basically, in their history, have 10 international players with a positive war. Since since, since, since the mid-80s. Mid-80s, right. And uh, two, let's see, one, two of them are currently on the Giants now. Yeah. So that is is Camilo Duvall, who has third on this list with a career war of four. Camilo Duvall. And, interestingly enough... Marco Luciano, who's number 10 on the list with a 0.1 war. <laughs> That's right. So as much as we just spent lamenting his ability, he is the 10th best international player that the Giants have developed in our lifetimes, or at least my lifetime. Yes. And, that, and war <sighs> and is I'm a cumulative stat. So it is a, he is, he, in his one, yeah. less than one season, he has already gotten it. Better. Camilo Duvall is the third best international player that the Giants have developed 
signed and developed and then played for the major league team in my lifetime. Folks, I was born in the 70s. Camilo Duvall started playing in 2021. He made his debut in 2021, and I named a cocktail after him that season. That's abysmal. And it's it's crazy, too, because, I, I mean, if you have access to The Athletic, read that article by Brisby, because it's really eye-opening. And it's really interesting, because, like, this is a team that, before they ran into their serious financial problems in the late 70s and early 80s, was really good at developing international players. I mean, that's why we have Juan Marichal, right? Yeah. We and, have the and, first and, Japanese player. And, we had, you know, yeah, and Orlando Cepeda. Yeah. And, you know, so so like two Hall of Famers and, and you know, two of the best Giants ever uh, came out of that era or the early San Francisco Giants era. But then things really went downhill and, and um, you know... And they've tried to turn that around in recent past. And I, I do know that the Giants have just, you know, just opened up the, um, I say just, but it is the uh, Felipe Alou Baseball Academy. And uh, the interesting thing about the Academy, though, is, is that like the Academy, I guess that's probably where Johnny and Yoendry are going, right? The two yeah, kids that yeah. we talked about at the beginning, right? They're going to spend the next few years in the Dominican Republic at the Felipe Alou Academy getting better. Um, the problem is, is that that's, you know, these academies, like, think about that for a second, right? Like, the Felipe Alou Academy opened up in the late teens, I think, right? Like, six years ago, maybe? Yeah, right? it wasn't very long ago, yeah. So, so like, and you're like, oh, well, where has that impact come from? Well, we haven't had time to see it yet. It takes eight years for these guys to reach the major leagues if they reach the, you know, if they make their debut at 24 and they get signed at 16. It takes eight years. And the, and the, and the, and the, the organization, the, the, th- the academy hasn't even list, existed that long. And, and of course, at the beginning, it's not going to do that much, right? It's crazy how long this stuff takes. And so that's kind of where the Giants are, right? They're so far behind these other organizations and developing stuff. They only created these things in the late teens when other teams did these things in the 90s or late 80s. So, or even earlier than that. So that's how far behind the organization is on the ball. And that's why they have sucked so badly at at doing this. But, I mean, it, it is really interesting to, to talk about, like, it, it, at least we're turning the corner. And that is, I think, one benefit or one positive thing that we can say. Because as much as I just lambasted Farhan and his regime over player development, like, we are starting to see some really huge impact guys come out, at least on the pitching side, right? Camilo, but also yeah. Keaton Wynn and Beck and Harrison, and and these guys are real, and they're making a real impact. And so we are starting to see that transition. I, I think we all just wish it was more. And but it takes yeah. a long time. And quicker, like, yeah, yeah, quicker. quicker. Yeah, like but... like like, let's say that Johnny Level makes it, and he's a you know two time All Star. We're gonna see him in eight years. When he makes yeah, his and debut, he'll, he'll be twenty-four. <laughs> Seven years, yeah, or he'll be twenty-three, 
and then he 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 makes the all-star game when he's 26 and 27 let's say yes we're 10 11 years away from we're 10 and 11 years away from that sort of stuff but those are the moves that this regime is doing today so on that hand you kind of have to just sort of like realize and accept the fact that you know what the regime is doing today so much of it doesn't impact what we see on the field until a decade later that's which is insane it takes a long time in some cases in terms of international players it takes 10 years and uh, at least in point to the point where we see this player at their peak and uh and so you know i mean I think the Giants, in some of these regards, at least in the international side, they're they're doing a lot of the right things, um, but that's going to take a long time for those things to pay off. I mean, I guess we'll see. And then we do we'll have see, some yeah. international players that are you know like Luciano, like Luis Matos, like uh, you know like Camilo Duvall. I mean, there are international players are starting to come to the forefront at the major league level faster than they ever have. So that's a good thing, but uh, you know it's still a work in progress, and we'll see how. You're right; it could be years before we see you know the total fruits of the labor. Yeah, I mean, and it it is interesting to follow, at the very least. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. All right. Well, I think uh, we are nearing the end here. So, um, folks, uh, well, I guess looking ahead uh, to next week's happy hour or on Thursday's happy hour episode, Ben, what are you drinking on Thursday? I am drinking. Something that I misspelled on my notes, but it is called the Earl Grey Martini. And it is not a Ben original. It's something that I got from someone else, but that is what I'll be drinking, an Earl Grey Martini. All right. And I am drinking an original cocktail called Winter's Comfort, a cocktail that you can cozy up to the fire or bury yourself under a blanket and then sip on a cold winter's night. So I'll tune in on Thursday to find out more about those two cocktails. Uh, Looking ahead, uh, maybe next week we'll have something to talk about as far as uh, free agent signings and all that. But, uh, you know, don't hold your breath. Uh, In the meantime. Don't. Don't hold your breath. (laughs) This is going to take. In the meantime. It will be. It will be. Yeah, we, we could be talking about this forever. Uh, you know, we're so we have a hard time coming up with content. Feel bad for like, you know, the writers like, you know, Baggerly and Brisby and, and Pavlovich and all of them because there's nothing to write about. Yeah, them. I mean, there's we nothing. can just get drunk and rant on this show and just make people <laughs> laugh at us. And that's good enough. Yeah. Those guys have to like be serious. Well, all right. Well, Baggerly don't... has to be serious. That's right. Nobody else does. No. Well, Pavlovich. Pavlovich is serious. Well, Pavlovich is always serious. I was talking more, I was making more of a reference to Brisby, who seems like he's yes. never, never serious. He's never serious. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, uh, folks, uh, don't forget to uh, subscribe if you haven't done so already and uh, rate us on the uh, podcast listener of your choice. Uh, but give us a good rating. If you're going to give us a bad rating, don't don't bother. Uh, but it would be great if you, you gave can, us a five-star rating on the Apple podcast or the Spotify or whatever. That would really help the show. Yeah. And if you want to do a bad thing, tell us on Mastodon. Oh, yeah. Go there. Yeah. 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 Speaking of the socials, you can follow us on uh, uh, the platform formerly known as Twitter and Instagram and threads of at Giant Cocktails and also Mastodon. That's right. The two or three people that are that are still listening to us there. Uh, until next week, Ben. It's been great chatting with you. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Goodbye.
Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. Do you think that the Giants organization as a whole does know where Marco Luciano is? Uh, I'm hoping that somebody there does. Somebody's <laughs> okay. got somebody's uh, got tabs on him. Somebody knows. Somebody, somebody's <laughs> got the uh, the down low on where he's at. Okay, all right. Just just making sure. <laughs>